0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. I don't know how giggly we'll be tonight. We don't know. We certainly were last week. Uh, but uh, we're so honored, honored to have the presence of God. And let me just say, to know that we have the liberty to worship God and our freedom. I preached uh, a meeting the other day in southeastern Asia through Zoom. They're not supposed to have a church or a Bible or have a Christian faith, but we're honored that we can live for God freely. I think we're experiencing a little bit what people do in missionary countries to where they're not in communist countries where they're not allowed to have church and yet they do it in the secret of their home. And except, of course, we're public here in this video. But, uh, hey, let's, let's take a moment and pray for a couple of things. I want us to pray for our missionaries. Let's pray for the bar- Barsadis tonight. Let's ask God to be with them, to protect them and the people that they're reaching. Would you do that? Then we're going to pray for another need as well. But would you lift your hands from your home and, and uh, Sawyer and, and Lake and Jillian Finn and Cindy. Would you all pray with me. God we ask you right now I to test the touch Barsadis. Southeastern Asia oh God. In a country where Christianity is not allowed. Oh Lord I pray that right now that God you would touch these people. Let there be a liberation I pray. I pray that God China right now even in China would be liberated. To where the Christian faith, God, without any limitations, God would explode with that country, Lord. We've heard that there's over a hundred million believers in China now. I pray that you would move across our missionaries, God, in these missionary lands, communist countries. Let there be a breakthrough, we pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There is an urgent request here tonight. And uh, I know my kids are saddened to hear this news. Uh, Brother Hernandez, Eli Hernandez, evangelist Eli Hernandez, is not well. He's been sedated for weeks, maybe six weeks. And they are not expecting him to live in the next two days. They're expecting him to pass because his lungs aren't responding. He has taken a turn for the worst. And we want to pray. We want to pray that God's going to help him. The carbon dioxide levels in his body are, are increasing, which is not well. But I look right here. Tomorrow, Jillian is going to be 12. Way there, everybody, Jillian. She's going to be twelve and in the youth group. That's hard to believe, but I remember when the doctor gave those readings about her. Said her lungs weren't working, and her carbon dioxide levels were so high. They said she would not live. Would you join with me? Now I want you to picture this: when you are praying, the gifts of the Spirit operate through love. The Bible says the greatest of these is what? Charity. And uh, I want to pray. As if this was a family member of ours. I know I have deep love for Brother Hernandez. What a blessing he's been. Would you join me right now from your home? Jesus said where two or three will agree on any one thing. He said, I will do it. Will we do that right now? Would you join me? Oh God, I pray God in Jesus' name. I pray for Brother Hernandez right now. That God, you would move on his behalf. Lord, with everybody that's tuned in online, I pray that they would join with me, faith believing. That he would be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would give him new lungs. God, touch Kathy and and Charity, God. I pray that you would be with them. But I pray for divine intervention. We believe, God, that you're able to bring him back from the brink, oh God. We're praying, Lord, for an earnest touch of your spirit. God, a movement of your spirit upon his body. I pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus we pray. We unite together, oh God, for this man of God. Oh, we unite together, God, from our home tonight to see a miracle move in him. You're able, Lord, to touch Him. you're able, oh God, to move on him. God, we believe the report of the Lord. We believe it, God. Lord, if you're able to raise Lazarus from the dead, who had been dead four days, you're able, God, to resurrect this man by healing his lungs. Oh, God, if you can turn Karen, Karen Cyril's Lord, her situation around, God, years ago, you can do it for him. You can touch Kevin Apperson, God, and his liver failure, God, and change it around and make him whole. You can do it for Brother Hernandez's lungs. We're believing it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I was in prayer a couple days ago and the old, an old tune came to me. It says, peace like a river, I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Through the uncertainties that we have dealt with, with the coronavirus and uh, COVID-19, I've had such peace every step of the way, trying to navigate through what seems uncertain. Man, I feel the Lord already in this Bible study in my home. I do. I'm so blessed to have my family with me tonight. So thankful for them. John Maxwell in his teaching made a statement. He said, bad news is sometimes better than uncertain news. He said, because in uncertain news, you you don't know what to do. Bad news, you've got direction. But sometimes uncertain news, you don't know what to do. Let me tell you what to do with uncertainty. The old song says, hold to God's unchanging hand. What you do is knowing that God is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And He's the same forever. I uh, want you to turn in your Bibles with me tonight to the book of Nehemiah. To the book of Nehemiah. This is what I feel for this evening. uh, Dealing with uncertainty. Dealing with restoration. Dealing with things getting back to normal. In uh, the book of Nehemiah chapter 1 and what it's talking about is when uh, he heard that Jerusalem had been ruined in Nehemiah chapter 1. When he heard that Jerusalem, that the gates had been burnt, the walls had been cracked, uh, the land had been just devastated. When he had learned over those 70 years what had happened to old beautiful Zion, beautiful Jerusalem, he wept sore. Nehemiah wept and wept over what used to be and how it's not the way it used to be. And he makes this prayer to God about repentance. He starts repenting for his father's, his father's house and himself. He believed that revival in his family was going to start with him. And so what does he do? He seeks God. And he begins to remind God of his commandments. Saying, Lord, and you said if they would turn to you, that no matter if they have been scattered to the othermost part of the heaven, you would gather them again. I'm telling you, there's a gathering going on right now. Y'all better brace yourself. You better brace yourself. There's a lot of people coming home to the Lord. Amen. I just got a text today. Somebody was talking about wanting to go home. I'm telling you, God is gathering people home. You can see in Israel, right now in Israel, there's millions of Jews around the world that are gathering back to Israel right now, the actual land, the holy land of Israel. What you see God doing in the physical Israel, you see God doing in His church. There is a gathering right now, people that have scattered away from God, they are gathering home, and that's exciting news. What's what he says in uh, Nehemiah chapter one, and uh, it says in verse 11, O Lord, I beseech thee." Do you see that? Are you guys there? Everybody there? All right, all right. Let's get Finn there. He's got my, he's got my very first, my my very first Bible that I ever uh, ever owned. You got it, Finn? Yeah, that's my first Bible. He's reading out of that tonight. It says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now my ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I want everybody to say prosper. Prosper. Prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now, notice what he says. He said, what does it say there? At the last, what's the last phrase say there, Finn? For I? Read it right you see it? For I was the king's cupbearer. For I was the king's cupbearer. What y'all say that, cupbearer. 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 What does a cupbearer do? And my, my lesson tonight to you is, what is the king saying? What is the king doing right now? And uh, the lesson about the cupbearer is to understand what was the role of the cupbearer. It's not anything new that I've taught you before. But there's this statement in my mind, Cindy, is, is that is that in, in the book of Revelation, he said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And that's been my prayer as of recent is, uh, God, what are you saying right now? How many of you have been thinking that way? God, what are you saying right now? What are you doing right now? I know what COVID-19 is doing. I, want, I know what the U.S. seems to be doing. How it's a world crisis. But God, what are you doing? What, what is, how is this aligning up with your book? And uh, how many of you all want to know right now, what's Jesus doing? Uh, what's he up to? Uh, how does he look at this from, from heaven, looking down over the earth and seeing all this chaos going on? I'm telling you, God's not confused. God's not in chaos. He really isn't. And you remember this, Lakin, is that God is always in control. He's, he, he's on the throne right now. He knows exactly what we're supposed to be doing. What does the scripture say? The steps of a good man are... Anybody know that? They're ordered by the Lord. And we know that our tomorrow... He knows our tomorrow before we ever get there. I'm telling you, Christianity there's nothing like it. Because you know God knows your tomorrow... Before you ever get there. And if you will lean not on your own what? Understanding. But in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And what will he do? He's like. That's exactly right Lakin. He will direct your path. So with that thought being said. Nehemiah goes to prayer. And he said I've got to see the king Lord. I'm I'm asking you to give me favor. And prosper me before this man. Because they were under the bondage of. Of of the king at that time. And he had to go grant permission to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild it. And he's asking God to give him favor. And he throws this little line there that Finn said. What does he say? Finn, I was the king's what? Cupbearer. I was the king's cupbearer. What? Finn, do you know what a cupbearer is? (laughs) You don't know? You're shaking your head and all? And he's got quarantine hair right here. He needs a haircut. And uh, (laughs) Come here, sit beside daddy for a minute. Here, you ever Bring that Bible. Bring that. Turn, turn it there. Sip aside. Wait a minute, everybody. Look, look at this. Fendi's haircut. Look at that. Uh, do you see that? Where it says, For I was the king's cupbearer. And uh, you know what a cupbearer did? Hey, go get me a cup. Go give me a cup. Uh, don't give me no girly cup now. Just give me a cup. <laughs> he's getting a cup. He's going to get a cup real quick. And. Uh, Alright, get a cup. Well, that, that'll work. That'll work. His is that your favorite cup? <laughs> <laughs> that's Ben says that's his favorite cup. What the cupbearer would do is, Nehemiah said, I was the king's cupbearer. What the cupbearer would do, Sawyer, when he he would stand next to the king, now you got to stand, you're going to be the cupbearer. So stand right here with something. And hold the cup. And that's going to be my cup because I'm the king and you're the the cupbearer. And if it was my turn to get a drink, look at that honor grin you got on your face, Uh, what would happen is, in that day, they would try to assassinate the kings by poisoning their drink. You talk about a trusted position because before the drink could ever get to the cup or to the king, it passed through the cupbearer. What he would do was... He would take the drink and test it. So before I would get a drink, uh, well, we need something in that cup, don't you think? Uh-huh. We want Dr. Pepper, is that what we want? No. Huh? That's, that's too late. Get some water. Finn's going to get some water. Now hold on just a minute. Don't, 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 don't turn off here. Go ahead, Finn. get some water. And uh, we're going to get a drink of this. We're going to get this, this king's drink here for a minute. Yeah, I see you've already tested it before you got it to me. That's what a cupbearer does. And uh, is it poisonous? No, you didn't fall over. You're smiling. It must be okay. He would take of the drink to make sure it had not been poisoned. So when the king, I'm going to be the king, would be safe. The cupbearer, literally every single day, he would give his life to the king. He was loyal to the king. And that's what Nehemiah was saying. Nehemiah was saying, oh, Lord, I, he just throws this in there. It it's almost seems, if you just read it, if you don't know what a cupbearer is, it almost seems out of context. What is this little clause there for? But what he was saying was, I'm going to the man that I used to be the cupbearer for. Now, now let, me, let me talk to you about how to approach the king. I don't think we should ever demand the king. I don't think we boss God around. Uh, I know he said in one place, command thou me. He's talking about speaking in faith, but hey, listen. We should be listening about what the king's doing and get his permission to do what he wants us to do. Go to chapter 2. Let's look at verse 1. Chapter 2, of Nehemiah, and verse 1. I'm going to just read out of daddy's with me, okay? Alright. Everybody have, have chapter 2, verse 1 ready? It says and And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king, aren't you glad you didn't have to read that word? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That wine, wine, was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. We're going to act like that's wine. I want you to get that wine, go ahead, and give it to the king. And when he gave it to the king, he would have tested it. The king was so close to him. He would have drank after him. He would have tested that wine before it ever went to Artaxerxes. He had access to the king. Let me tell you who people, the people who have access to God are the people that have died out to God, the people that are loyal to God. Who is God speaking to in this hour? There is a, you, you talk about, man, I want to hear from the Lord. I want to know what God's doing. I want, how about this? How about, how about be loyal to him? In the good times and the bad times. I want to teach you a little thing about the emotion of the coat bearer. How disciplined he was before he went to the king. Uh, Watch what it says. Sorry, look one down with me here. He said, now I had not been before time. What? Y'all see that? In verse 1. After he gave the wine, gave it to the king. He said, now I had not been before time. What? I'd never been sad in his presence. Why? Because a cupbearer, let me see that smile of the face there. The cupbearer always hung his problems outside of the throne room of the king. Wherever the king was, he was all about the king, about himself. You ever talk to somebody that, have you ever talked to somebody, you could tell they weren't interested in you at all, but they wanted you to be real interested in them. Y'all know what I'm saying? And, uh, Cindy, you ever been there? You ever have been? And, uh, man, you're going to find that sometimes. You'll find you'll be throwing somebody. They're spaced out. They don't have a clue, anything, what you're saying. And, uh, but when you're the cupbearer, you go in, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what does the king need from me. All the years he served the king, he had never one time went sad before the king. Why? His job was not to go in and it be about him. But this time when he goes in, look what it says. Wherefore the king said unto me, verse 2, Why is thy countenance, what? What do y'all see? You see it, Julian? What is it? Why is thy countenance sad? Seeing thou art not sick. This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. He said, "Then, Then I was sore afraid. He was afraid because the cupbearer, the cupbearer, I don't know where my cupbearer is going right now. Go ahead. He's going to go drink. He's drinking the rest of the drink. He must be thirsty. Uh, The cupbearer was to be disciplined in his emotions. He had to be strong emotionally. What I'm saying to you, I think so many times we make going to church all about us. We make reading the Bible all about us. We do. I think we, we make prayer all about us. But my teaching tonight is why don't we start making things about Him? Why don't we take this notion of, of this like and in your prayer, uh, you know, instead of give me, give me, give me. I need, I need, I need. What about this? Lord, what do you need? What are your thoughts? Does it make sense? Do y'all have any questions on that? Anybody ever prayed that or thought that? Man, what's God thinking today? What would He what would he have me to do? Uh, anybody want to make a statement or a comment about that? Well, we can get some laughter going right here probably I start doing this. Um, but really, is I think there's a level of spiritual maturity that you start asking this. God, what are you doing? What is your spirit saying in this hour? And I think there's got to be sometimes we go to church, horrible day. How do we go to church? I'm going to praise him. I'm going to go ahead and tell you Sunday night we're going to have a shouting service. We really are. I'm going to preach a message Sunday night. I want you to be tuned in. And uh, uh, you can dance like nobody's watching. But we're going to shout Sunday night. I'm going to preach what I feel like God has put in my spirit. And uh, it's going to be an awesome time. But I think when we come to the house of God. Or we go for our prayer time. Or you have the prayer room somewhere in your home. That you approach God. How about start approaching Him not with, Oh God, I need this. I don't understand this. Why this? I think you start saying, Hey you have your demeanor. God, what what are you doing right now? What are you interested in right now? And I think what you're going to find is you worship Him for who He is. You're interested in who He is because He's God. He's in control. I'm telling you, in spiritual maturity, if you will make your prayer time about Him. Remember the man I told you that fasted for three days, for 26 days? After three days, he wanted the, the will of God. After seven days... He he wanted something else. He said, but after 21 days, he said he didn't want anything but God. And I think that's where we got to get. What does God want out of my life? How can I be a blessing to him? What did this do for Nehemiah? Nehemiah has a burden now. He wants to go change his family. He wants to restore his family. He wants to restore Jerusalem. And he's about to approach the king. And when he does, he goes in. Give me here, fin. you got to get a sip of the king's wine. And he hands it to the king. But he notices all the years he's worked with the cupbearer, with Nehemiah. The king notices, you've never been sad before me. And you're not sick. What's wrong with you? What was wrong with Nehemiah? Look at verse 3. Uh, he responds and said unto the king, let the king live forever. Finn, I want you to say that. Let the king... Let the king live forever. I mean, that's a statement of loyalty. Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers or graves, lieth in waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? He said, how can I, how can I overcome this sad countenance when I have found out that the city that I'm from is in destroy. I think there's got to get a burden hold of us. It says, you know what? If I'm in Zanesville, maybe you're watching from Cambridge, maybe you're watching from Crooksville, McConnellsville, Coshocton, uh, Gloucester, uh, New Lexington, no matter where you're watching from right now, what you can understand is say, hey, I got to get a hold of the king. My city is in disarray. My family, their lives are being wasted and destroyed. I've got to do something about it. You know what? I pray a burden gets a hold of us. Would you lift your hands right now? I want us all of us for a moment to pray. God, give us a burden for our city. Give us a burden for our families. Give us a burden, oh God. Oh Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. So I remember a time that you met somebody and you wanted them to come to church, and uh, you went, you fasted for them. Sorry, got a burden for these, for this person, and sorry went and would fast. I forget what it was that you fasted. I can't remember what it was or how many days it was you fasted. I can't remember. But do you remember that fasting? And you fasted until they came to church, and uh, that's a burden that says I want to do something. To make a difference in somebody's life. That there's waste in their life. Or the destruction in their life. Have you heard the voice of God? I'm telling you. There's a plan for your family. There's a plan for your city. There's a plan for. We know there's a plan for the anchor. And I feel like God has called us to spiritual maturity. Our, our church has never been stronger. Than what it is right now. But if I could teach you one thing. Slow life down enough. To where you can hear. The still small voice of God. When's the last time that you said God spoke to me? God showed me this. God revealed this to me. And if there's one thing, uh, Tom's joining the Bible study. Lakin <laughs> um, as I want you to hear the voice of God. Uh, I remember one time you were just little, I was upstairs, we'd had company. It was real loud in the house, and I was tired. I went up. I thought, I'm just going to go up to a quiet place for a minute. He was about this tall. Lake come up there, and uh, she didn't know I was in her room. I was laying up on her bed. Her bed was a little bit high. She came in, and middle of the day, she got down on her knees, and I saw her got down, and I'm watching her from the top of the bed. She doesn't even know I'm in the room. And I looked down, and uh, I heard her pray, and she prayed. She said, Jesus! All by herself. She didn't know anybody was there. She had not run up from the crowd, and from the company in the room shut the door her closet place up there in the room and I heard her say that she said Jesus would you please make Sawyer share his toys (laughs) she was so young she'd never remember that and she got up her little prissy self you know she got up and left the room never knew I was watching her and uh, prayer we've taught our children to pray I remember one time when Cindy fell in the ice and Sawyer ran to her you remember that Laid hands, and uh, I don't remember what he said, but I think it's something like I think it was four. Jesus, help my mommy, heal my mommy in Jesus' name. We've taught our kids to pray for needs in their life. I was eight years old and prayed for my dog one time. He got hit by a car, prayed, and man, guess what? God healed, healed my dog, I had a dog and tiger, and God healed my dog. See, God does things for us, but in spiritual maturity prayers, what you start praying is, God. What do you want me to pray? What do you want me to say? Are you all ready for this? Let's look at the Lord's Prayer. How do we say it? Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. What? On earth earth, or in earth as it already is in heaven. heaven. God's will being prayed to pass as it's already planned in heaven. He plans it. We pray it to pass. I want you to say this with me. God's will will. is prayed to pass pass. in in my life. So you take time to pray the will of God to pass. I want you to take a moment. And I want you to think about what I'm teaching. When's the last time that you prayed the will of God to pass? When's the last time you prayed for God not to do something, but you asked God to let you pray something that He wants you to pray? In the true spirit of praying in the Spirit, the Bible says pray in the Spirit, it's where you start praying the will of God. It's not prayers that come from your mind. It's prayers that come from His Spirit. It's just like when you start praying, and we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? Lincoln, you were four years old. When when you received the Holy Ghost, was speaking in tongues. You were praying with uh, Sasha. Sasha. She was nine. And I'll never forget it. Man, it was so sweet. You hunkered down like this. Tears just rolled. You started praying in tongues. Jillian, how old were you when you received all old post? Six. You were six years old? And you, did you receive that in the anchor as well? It was at a Bible quiz tournament. Oh, it was at a Bible quiz tournament. You know how you pray and tears come in your eyes. And man, you start praying in the Spirit. Sorry, I remember. I just told yours not too long ago. Five years old. And Brother God was preaching about the coming of the Lord. And he ran to the altar. And man, started praying in the Spirit. You know what it's like to pray in tongues? Finn was four years old. Just like that happens when you pray, and then you start to pray in tongues, the same way you can begin to pray the will of God to pass. You pray till you get in the Spirit. And once you get in the Spirit, what happens is you start praying things that you could have never thought of. I've had moments where God put names in my spirit, names in my mind. I started praying for people one week. From the prayer, these people come and give their life to God. Why? Because prayer is not just something I do out of intellect. I do from the burden of the spirit. Because where have I been? Come here, King come here. I've been near. I've been near the King. When you get near the King, man, I feel like preaching right now. When you get near the King, you're gonna start. You're gonna start thinking with authority. You're gonna start thinking with dominion. I tell you, the reason some people only pray need prayers, God, will you do this for me, is because they only go to God when they have a need. They're not spending any time in the throne room. But when you get in the throne room, what happens is you start feeling about things the way God was about it. Follow me around for a minute, Finn. All right. I'll hold my cup. Don't let it get anything in it. Will you do that? Huh? Come here. Walk over here to the camera with me. All right. So everybody tune in. Watch this. Where the king was in the palace, the cupbearer would have been there. He would have been in the war room strategies. He would have been in the economy strategies. He would have been in the growth strategies of the kingdom. He would have been wherever the king was. You know what happens after a period of time? Come on, Bo. After a period of time, you start thinking like a king. You start, you start, it's like being married. Have you been married a while? I can't tell you how many times i had a thought and Cindy's speaking. All you married couples know what I'm talking about? You almost know what's going to happen before it happens. You almost know what they're going to say before they say it, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same way when you hang out with God every day. If you hang out with God every day, it won't be long until you start thinking like He thinks. You won't have fear come in your life because you know He's going to take care of this. I'm going to end on this thought. I'm going to end on this thought. I I don't... think I want to be known as a... What do you want to be known for? I think if, if I died, I don't think I'd want somebody to just come up and say, man, he was a good preacher. You know, he he, he had a southern accent. I like how he played the harmonica. He had a, he had a good family. Those, those are good things if somebody would say that. But you know what I want somebody to say about me? You know, I believe Aaron walked with God. I believe he walked with God. He didn't just preach... He didn't just have sermons. He didn't just sing every now and then. I would want somebody to say about me is that he walked with God. Elijah did some of the greatest miracles. Some of the greatest miracles. Lincoln, he raised the dead. He called fire out of heaven. He stopped the rain for three and a half years. He calls it to rain after three and a half years. But you know what? There's another man in the Bible that's very powerful. His name was Enoch. He didn't have... Any listings of great miracles, but you know what he did have a you know what he did have a listing of him. The Bible says, "Enoch walked with God." You think that's funny? You think the name Enoch's funny? Enoch. <laughs> don't you laugh at that? You don't know that's your middle name, right? That we named. Did you know your middle name is Enoch? Enoch. Oh. <laughs> it's Aaron. What did Enoch do? You don't know. He walked with God. That's what he did. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. When you walk with God, you're going to please God. And I feel this for somebody watching. Don't compare yourselves among yourselves. You see, when I don't sing, I don't preach. Walk with God. You can do it. I already taught you tonight. How to get in it. Don't make it about you. Make it about Him. Lord, you're worthy. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of glory. Oh, God, and I feel you in my home. I worship God here the way I do it at the church, in my office. I lift my hands. I clap my hands. We get it because it's about him. I'm going to tell you, when you come back to church, who cares what anybody thinks about you? It's all about what does he think about me? I want to hear what he's saying. What's his strategy for the kingdom? What's he going to do in North America next? What's he going to do? What's the next city? What's he going to do? Amen. Anybody want to make any comments tonight? You want to quote a verse? Go ahead. What verse are you gonna quote, buddy? Right. What is it? Proverbs 27 verse 1? What is it? Alright. If gonna quote a verse, say it loud where everybody can hear it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He shall I free the Lord is sent in my life, of whom shall I be free. Man, that's a great he's, he's my light and my salvation. Is that what it says? Yeah? Is that your favorite verse? Do you know some more verses after that? All right, go ahead and quote some more verses. You want to quote verse 2? Yeah, go ahead. My, my, my. Let me, let me, let me get this over here. He's quoting some verses. Listen, listen to this. All right, Finn. Uh, go ahead, verse, verse 2, quote that one again. Even my enemies and my flesh can follow me to eat at my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Alright, what's verse three? Don't host it to camp against me, my heart shall not fear, the war shall against me, and this will I be confident. Alright. How about verse four? Don't think of, of the Lord, that art together, thou the Lord all his miles, to behold you alone to inquire in temple. And to inquire in his temple. Hey, that ought to be a theme verse. One thing I'm desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell where? In the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Any of you want to quote verse 5? Huh? Jillian? For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Up, up on a rock. Is there uh, any more verses of that, of that chapter? Go ahead, Lakin. What's the next one? Now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies about me. Therefore I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. My, my, my. And, uh, sorry, go ahead. Hear the Lord when I cry with my voice, have mercy also for me and answer me. Yes. Hey, wasn't that great? Man, there's nothing like the word, word of God. There really isn't. There's nothing like his word. And uh, we, we love you all. I'm, I, uh, I'm thankful that you joined. We're going to pray for you. And uh, Cindy, why don't you come over and say a prayer, a prayer for them. Will you do that? Sit right here beside me. And uh, let's pray for everybody watching that God would just bless them, all right? Dear Jesus, I thank you for this love you, time God. together that we've had tonight to study over your word, God. Yes, I thank you for these wonderful people, God, these people oh, that are watching, Lord, your people, and Lord. And I, I pray, God, that you would help us all right now. I pray for these people, God, that you would they would feel encouraged, God, encouraged with your word yes, that we've God. heard about tonight, God. I pray, Lord, for their faith to rise. Yes, God. I pray for their encouragement to rise. In Jesus' love, name. God, I, I uh, I just pray God that you give them a peace, peace, the peace Lord. that only you can give, the peace that passes all understanding. When we don't know what's what's going on around us, God, you can give us that peace that He spoke about tonight, God. That Jesus. peace comes from you, Lord. I pray God, pray God for all of these people tonight that a peace would fill their homes right where they're at, God. Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus. I Amen. thank you, Jesus, Amen. that we can call on your name, yes. God. I thank you for that <laughs> peace, God, no, no, that we, we have, God, me. in you. <laughs> We love you, God. Jesus. We love you, God. Amen, 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 amen. That's so powerful. Um, I'm- thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.